there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal! From Lord Bohedon! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. DPR could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for his interlead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noah Whelan. No power on it whatsoever. But Saibi has made a horrendous error. Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him for yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh and he has to. No. Hello and welcome to the end of series Quickly Kevin Quiz. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me, as always, Josh Whittacombe. Hello. And never mind Magnus Magnuson. Here's our own mastermind. It's Michael Marden. Hello. Did you um? Did you used to watch Mastermind? Yeah. You know that. I mean, this is. I'm sure this is trivia that people know. But you know, it's based. The guy that invented it had been interrogated by the Nazis, and that's <laughs> how. It, that's not true. That no, is true. true. That's true. What? So he was interrogated like they interrogated him like he was on Mastermind. Uh, yeah, and this is the most uh, about the novels of P.G. Woodhouse as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's that's so convinced made up. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the first bit is true. What's that? Like a spotlight, like a leather-bound chair, a, a nice landic man, a nice landic. Well, no, you, no. Uh, Do you know what, Chris? There's, there's no need to be sarcastic. <laughs> This interrogation will take the format of 10 questions in 60 seconds about a subject <laughs> right. of your choice. Mastermind is a British... Te- this, this is not my words, the words of Wikipedia. Mastermind is a British television quiz show for the BBC, currently hosted by Clive Myrie. Its creator, Bill Wright, drew inspiration from his experiences being interrogated by the Gestapo during World War II. Bob Branch, the entertainment branch of the Gestapo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, it was gutted because in the room next door they were doing blankety-blank. <laughs> <laughs> oh well I'm I'm sorry that me giving you a fact that you didn't believe and then proving it's true is so it's disappointing to you. And, and the older I get, the more I love learning about the Nazis. It's finally to get a piece of knowledge that has actually disappointed me. Well it's what's rare is um it's rare that I know something about the Nazis that you don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay. There's been so much big 90s o'clock news I would actually say this has been the biggest time in the newsroom we've had since the 31st of December 1999 in terms of 90s stories yes I think that's fair I think that's fair 
and so I've got a big backlog. We'll tackle them in the next series, but let's just hit the hit with the big headlines right now. It's time for the 90s o'clock news. From the headquarters of ITN, News at 10, with Chris Scull. Steve Hodge makes Maradona shirt windfall. Unbelievable story that. Seven point. I can I can chip in and go. I know it's such a big story. I can tell you the exact amount of money it is. And Michael Owen claims to have invented something that cannot decrease in value. <laughs> I mean, two opposite ends of the kind of yeah. financial spectrum here. Yeah. One person making a massive windfall, and the other one financially illiterate. Yes. But, but let's go with uh, let's go with the first story. I mean, we, we've all seen this. Steve Hodge, he had the Maradona shirt. We've talked about it on the show. After the 86 quarterfinal, hand of God, goal of the century, Steve Hodge swapped his shirt. That shirt, We were just speculating just a few weeks ago, like, why hasn't he sold it? Well, listener, he finally got round to selling it, um, sold it at Sotheby's, and it went for seven seven £7,142,500. Oh, my word. How would you feel if you'd been in that team? <sighs> How do you think... I need to go back and watch the end of that game and see, how has Hodge done this? Like, did the whistle blow and he was just next to Maradona? Didn't he do it in the tunnel? I heard he did it in the tunnel. There was these kind of vague claims from people in Argentina, possibly Maradona's daughter, that they claimed Maradona had swapped his first half show with Steve Hodge, which obviously would be a bizarre... (laughs) (laughs) Talk about clutching at straws. Did he score both goals in the second half? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that's if that if he did have a shirt in it for each half, you've got the worthless shirt there. I heard. I don't know if this is true, and maybe this is added to the cost. There was something wrong with it. These are the away shirts, and at the last minute, they had to get these shirts right, and they had to have the ba- the badges sewn on and the the make thing sewn on as well. Or is it just the badge? So maybe part of the reason it's worth so much is they're one. I mean, obviously it was worn by Maradona, but they're one-off shirts as well. I don't know if that's correct. There's one bit about the the listing on the Sotheby's website. I checked it out. There's one bit that I was just really interested in. The auction house described the shirt as a good overall condition, consistent with heavy use, but it also had perspiration and like a condition consistent with athletic activity. But perspiration, 36-year-old B.O.? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that but you kind of want that don't you that's the weird thing you almost want it to be in bad condition because the more pristine it is like the fear is that Hodge has put it through the wash you don't know what Hodge has been up to with it I mean was it Paul Hawksworth that told us he used to carry it around in a Tesco bag or I certainly read that he'd carry it around in a Tesco bag yeah and I'm sure I read someone say he took it to like Saturday M or something oh, Soccer AM. AM. it was Max Rushton said he brought in it in a Soccer carrier AM. bag in a carrier bag and did you see Richard Keyes tweet? No, no. Richard Keyes tweeted that he knew someone who'd been offered it for ten grand a few a, a couple decade ago or something like oh. that. I did see that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can only hope it was Andy Gray. <laughs> the problem was obviously Andy Gray had been offered it, but Andy Gray 
got the chronology of when it had happened all wrong. So he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was the Maradona show from the 66 World Cup. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was like Maradona didn't even play in the 1966 <laughs> World Cup final. This is absolute fake. I'm not getting this. <laughs> um, do you want a quick, uh, by the way, on that, that is a reference to, if you didn't listen to the Paul Hawksby episode, uh, listen to it because there's an amazing clip of Andy Gray at the start. But do you want someone who's written in about the Andy Gray uh, clip, just as an aside now? Yes, yes, go on, go on. So this was that Andy Gray has uh, been recorded. Well, he was in, talking to Richard Keyes and he said that he thought that um, Tony Blair was in power in the 70s or 80s. <laughs> this is from uh, Brandon. Hi lads, long time listener, first time correspondent. I did some digging into Andy Gray's perception of time and here's what I came up with. Firstly, we know that Tony Blair was elected in 1997 and Andy Gray believes he came to power in the 70s. For simplicity, let's say he believes it was 1977. If this is the case, then it can be safely assumed that Andy Gray thinks that everything is in fact happened 20 years before it actually did. So, for example, on the 8th of September 1976, Andy Gray scored his first two goals for Scotland in a 6-0 friendly victory over Finland. However, if we go by Andy Gray's timeline of 20 years difference, then on that day, Peter Andre's song Flavour was number one in the UK. (laughs) (laughs) And David Pleat had just won Premier League Manager of the Month in August for his work with Sheffield Wednesday. Additionally, this would mean that Andy Gray may believe that he scored his first two Scotland goals on the 8th of September 1956. This would make his Scotland race occur a day before Elvis made his American TV debut and a month or so before Bobby Charlton made his debut for Man United. This causes further confusion when paired with the fact that Andy Gray himself was born on the 30th of November 1955. So does this mean Andy Gray thinks he was born on the 30th of November 1935? Or does Andy Gray know he was born in 1955 and therefore believes he was a full Scotland international footballer at the age of one? Love the show, Brandon. Do you think, actually, just to connect a few threads here, do you think if if Andy Gray's the guy that could have bought Steve Hodge's shirt, do you think Andy Gray's got in the DeLorean at some point in his life and he's totally messed up the time-space continuum? He's running several different timelines and has got himself in an enormous pickle. He went back to buy the Steve Hodge shirt, failed to pull off the deal, but they were stuck in an alternative dimension, effectively, and now has no idea what year it is. And that's and that's why his views are from... Uh, from- from so much longer ago than he exists. <laughs> um, Andy Gray's living in a kind of awful kind of butterfly effect situation. And, and that's what makes him such a good analyst, because he's actually got under his desk an almanac. So when yeah. he like makes really prescient punditry comments, he knows the result. Exactly, exactly. I would like to like, watch a Back to the Future reboot with Andy Gray as Biff. And maybe in this timeline, Richard like, Richard Keyes was meant to be a goodie, but actually he's kind of the bad McFly. <laughs> like, that's why Richard Keyes is so cantankerous. <laughs> Something has happened in the, the time-space continuum to make him a baddie. I, um, I, it's an aside, uh, we'll come back, but I, the, the comedian... I, when I think about Back to the Future, I always think about a joke that... I saw the comedian Glenn Moore tweet years ago, I think, as well, which was about how he loves the um, feel-good, happy ending of Back to the Future when uh, Marty McFly's dad uh, employs the man who sexually assaulted his wife. (laughs) 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 Which is a strange quirk in the the film that everyone seems to look over. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, have you got the second bit of news? Yeah, let's talk about Michael Owen. Michael Owen, man. Is there a nice Explain it. Like, you need to explain this. You see, he's continually falling from grace in really weird ways. I think it began really when he started tweeting that he'd only ever watched one film and he didn't even really like that. And then there was yeah. a thing recently, I don't know if you saw it, where he was doing punditry with Chris Sutton and he basically says that if someone's got a head injury, they should just get up and get on with it. And Chris Sutton is incredulous at this comment. And his stock is falling in value all the time. And speaking of stock falling in value, well, Michael Owen has entered the NFT space. We'll all be glad to know. Yeah. Um, he said, tweeted three days ago at the time of recording on the 9th of May. He said, my Twitter space is about to go live to discuss my NFT project. Despite the critics, my NFT will be the first ever that can't lose their initial value. The, which which a, I saw, I think, the athletic describe as the kind of the financial equivalent of the perpetual motion machine. Yeah. Like, how can you create something that cannot lose in value? Imagine a recession gripping the world like, like 2008, and the only thing that maintains its value is Michael Owen's NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out he's just built a mechanism into this NFT. Well, I don't know means, if he has. Let's, let's be clear yeah, on I this. Mean, definitely not him, I would say. But he's built a mechanism into this NFT that means that it cannot be sold for a value lower than that which uh, which you bought it, which means that it it can fall in value. You just can't yeah, sell you just, it. You can't sell it because it for re- less than what you paid for it. It's a bit like if you bought if Leeds had bought Thomas Brolin for I think it was four point five million. And Palmer have gone. Thomas Brolin cannot fall in value. <laughs> <laughs> and, Le- and Leeds have gone. Why? I mean. Because we, you can only sell him five million pounds or more. <laughs> <laughs> so when Thomas Brolin turns out to be awful, they just cannot sell him because he cannot be worth less than five million pounds. It's a bit. It's not. Clubs are finding themselves in that situation more and more with these yeah, players that they true. sign that are on huge wages that they simply cannot sell <laughs> because they're so overpaid. <laughs> Are we, are we saying that Usman Dembele is one of Michael Owen's <laughs> NFTs? Well, Michael Owen for a period was, he couldn't be moved on, could he? Because he felt like, he was, again, couldn't fall in value, couldn't be let, seen to fall in value. Um, there we go. So Steve Hodge, Michael Owen, good luck to them. Okay, well, look, this is the end of season quiz. It's the end of season, but... Fear ye not, because if you sign up to our Patreon, there'll be plenty more specials coming into your ears. This month, we've got two extra episodes with Ivo Graham as we carry on our read-through of the Steve Bruce second novel, Sweeper, and it's getting really interesting. Plus, we've got another special coming up this month. And if you flick back a month, you've got Fever Pitch, we've got specials on Saint and Greavesy. There's a whole raft of extra content to be had over on our Patreon. Plus... Every episode you've heard this series, there's a longer version of it with extra bits for you to enjoy. It it genuinely is the way to kill those boring summer months when a World Cup should have been. If you want to sign up to the Quickly Kevin fan club, head over to Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. Right. Now we hand over to the Magnus Magnusson of 90s football, Michael Marden. Yes, as is tradition. To close out the series, it's time now for the Quickly Kevin 90s football quiz. Now, on previous series, we've had guests compete with and against Chris and Josh, but this series, we're going to do it a bit differently. We're stripping it back man to man. It's Keane versus Vieira. 
Blur oh. versus Oasis, Blair versus Major, and now <laughs> it's Skull versus I thought, you, I thought you were going to go deep then and go Blair versus Edward Heath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Chris versus Josh in a relentless head-to-head quiz battle. Two men go in, only one comes out. It's quickly Kevin beyond the quiz dome. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Now, before we start, I should have the usual disclaimer. There will almost certainly be a lot of factual inaccuracies. Please don't email me or tweet me. It's just a bit of fun. You'll be mostly playing for pride and bragging rights, but as an added bonus, the winners get to pick the song that plays out at the end of the series. Are you both ready? Born ready. Have you guys got a pen and paper to hand? Oh, yeah. And I've written the word quiz and I've underlined it. <laughs> oh, he means business. Right. <laughs> it's time for round one. 90s football starter for one. Here's how it works. You will face a series of general knowledge starter questions about 90s football. The first person to buzz in with the correct answer will receive one point and will then be able to exclusively answer three bonus questions on 90s football for an additional one point each. However, if you buzz in and incorrectly guess the starter question, you will be deducted one point and the question will be thrown over to the opposing team member. Okay, fingers on buzzers. Here is your first starter question. Who was the second manager to win the Premier League? Skull. Chris. It was Sir Alex Ferguson. <gasps> I think it. Incorrect. Oh. Josh. Kenny Dalglish. Correct. Oh. But if it's any help, Skull, well, it's not, it's more galling, I would have gone Alex Ferguson. <laughs> I was going to say, I was gonna, uh, Howard Kendall, but it's. No, nah, yeah. Howard Wilkinson, you mean? Howard Wilkinson, sorry. Yeah, yeah. if anything, you make it worse. <laughs> Making it worse. Howard Kendall is uh, who Andy Gray would have gone with. <laughs> Andy Gray would have gone with Herbert Chapman, wouldn't he? <laughs> Josh, your bonus questions are on managerial replacements in the oh. 90s. Question one. Who replaced Howard Kendall as permanent <laughs> Everton boss when he left in December 1993? Mike Walker? Correct. Oh. Question number two. Who replaced Ron Atkinson as Aston Villa manager when he left in November 94? Brian Little. Correct. Oh. And finally, God. who eventually replaced George Graham as permanent Arsenal manager when he left in February 95? Bruce Rioch. Correct. Oh. Wow. Impressive. Strong start. Okay. Here is your next starter question. Fingers on buzzers. In 1999, Lazio became the last team to win the now-defunct European Cup Winners' Cup. But who managed them to a 2-1 victory over Real Mallorca in the final? Josh. Was it Sven-Goran Eriksson? Oh, that's a great shout. That is a great shout. It was. Could I just say... That is a great shout. It really feels like I'm on Question of Sport with Matt Dawson when someone says that. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing. Oh, I'm pleased with that. Okay, your bonus questions yeah. are on Italia 90. Oh. Who 
was named the best young player at the tournament. Oh, my word. Best young player at Italia 90. Come on, mate. Oh, Paul Gascoigne. Incorrect. It was Ooh. Robert Prozanecki. <laughs> oh, I'd never have got that. Who was it? it was Yugoslavia, I suppose, at that point, yeah. Can I just check if when Skull said, come on, mate, it's because he yeah, thought... Yeah, no, I was Gazza, yeah. You weren't going, come on, mate, it's Robert, Robert Prozanecki. Come on, mate. <laughs> no, I was, yeah, Prozanecki. Come on. Sports personality of the year. Question number two. After host nation Italy in first, who were the second highest seeded team? Oh. Oh, Argentina, the champions. Do you get to be second for that? Correct. Question number three. Who was the oldest player at the tournament? Oh, gotta be, hasn't it? Yeah. It's gotta be. Your friend and mine, Mr. Peter Shilton. Correct. Oh. 40 years and 292 days. Still got yeah, well, it. I would have got Roger Miller. So, um, yeah, impressive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Next starter question. During the first Premier League season of 92-93, which club's kit was manufactured by ASICS? Skull Norwich. Incorrect. Oh, the confidence to know an ASICS question. Well, not know it, but think... <laughs> I'm desperate. I needed to get in. Leeds? Incorrect. The correct answer was Blackburn. Oh, I'd have never have got Wow. That. Yeah. I was thinking Sheffield United. Your final starter question. Which Midlands team were the only English winners of the Anglo-Italian Cup in the 90s? Skull. He's very, uh, he's very, he's very buzzer happy. Even I've when he doesn't to, have an answer. Even when he doesn't have an answer. This is the, the quiz equivalent of bombing balls into the box for our big Andy Carroll. Yeah. It's desperate scenes. So Anglo-Italian Cup was obviously second division team, but a lot of those Birmingham teams were, they were, they were in the championship. which doesn't Midlands, help. Skull, Midlands. Yeah, Midlands, of course. So uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, Wolverhampton. Incorrect. I've never seen someone buying time in such a stark fight. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> It was like it was like you were being <laughs> questioned by the Gestapo. And yeah, if, because, yeah, if, I, if I answer the question like that in front of the Gestapo, they'd start losing their bottle. <laughs> yeah, they'd be furious. They'd go, get, get him in the strike at lucky room now. <laughs> He's no good here. <laughs> we can't break him down. Um, the only team I remember being in the Anglo-Italian Cup are Notts County. So that's who I'm going to go for. That is correct. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, my word. This is... I should say now, my specialist subject, I'm confident I'm going to get zero on. So I'm trying to build up a lead early doors. Okay. Your bonus questions are on goal scorers. Question number one. 
In the 49 games that Ronaldo played for Barcelona in all competitions in 96-97, his only season with the club. Why was it his only season? Do write in. How many goals did he score? So 49 games, how many goals did he score? 46. Correct answer is 47. Oh, oh my word. One away. Okay, question number two. Who was the top scorer at the France 98 World Cup? Oh, I know this. I think it was Davos Souker. Correct. Wow. And finally, who won the first Premier League Golden Boot oh, in the 92-93 season? Manu. Um, did they have... It couldn't have been Manu. Shearer. Incorrect. It was Teddy Sheringham. Oh, Wow. Okay, that's the end of round one. Strong showing there from Josh. Oh, early doors. I mean, I've got I've got richly beaten in the end of end of um, episode quizzes this series, and it's like I've held it all up. Okay, time for round two. It's the familiar favourite starting eleven. For anyone that doesn't know, this is how it works. I'll give you a classic football match from the 90s. Each team will then take it in turn to name a player from either side who appeared in that game. If at any point you name a player who did not appear during the match, you are eliminated. And that includes both used and unused substitutes. The game in question is from the 93-94 season, and it was a 2-1 win for Manchester United over Aston Villa. What was the year? Sorry, I missed the year. What was the year? 1993-94 1993-94 season the exact date was August the 23rd 1993 August 23rd 93 um, this isn't the you can't win anything with kids game is it no that was a year later it was a year it? later yeah um, okay Peter Schmeichel correct Andre Kanchalskisk correct uh, um, Ryan Giggs correct Paul Ince Correct. It's a good team, isn't it? Say what you will about them. They were a good team. Brian Robson. Oh, he's injured, bro. Why have I said that? (laughs) I know he's been on this series, but... Josh to win. He's let me down there. Robert Prozanecki. Um, I'm going to (laughs) go... Must take your first answer. (laughs) What a Gestapo say, isn't it? Um, Lee Sharp? Correct. Scorer oh. of both the goals. Oh. Been an extra good barbecue that night. <laughs> In the nightclub. So Josh wins that round. Bloody hell. Bloody, okay. bloody this is This is, uh, right, it reminds me of like Brazil-Germany in the World Cup. Do you remember? <laughs> like 5-0 down. Yeah. America, my Americana is empty. They've, ju- they've just cut to one of your fans crying. <laughs> This is fairy tale stuff. Okay, time for round three the never ending football quiz. When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Okay, this round is all about questions that have been set by Quickly Kevin fan club members 
over on the forum. It's a general knowledge 90s football quiz from which I have plundered these questions, uh, partly to pay tribute to them, our, our Patreon subscribers, but also it means a bit less work for me and I can blame someone else if it's factually incorrect. Seven questions. We will reveal the answers at the end. Question number one. Who is the only footballer to have played for England under-21s, England C, England B, and England? And this all happened in the 90s. England C? England C? I didn't know there was such a thing as England C. Chris Sutton getting annoyed because he'd been asked to play for England A or whatever they were called. Okay, question number two. In the 1989-1990 season, six players scored a hat-trick, but only one of them did it twice. Can you name him? 89-90? Yep. Question number three. Who is the only World Cup Golden Boot winner to not make it past the group stages? Oh, oh I know. Oh, what's wow. his, what is his surname? I know who it is. He scored all the goals in one game, didn't he? Oh. 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 Okay, yeah, carry on and I'll get his name. Question number four. On BBC CFAX, what was the three-digit number you typed in for the Premier League table? Sadly, I know that. I've got no idea. I always saw you more as an oracle man, yeah. the uh, ITV version, so you could phone the club call. I just hit the coloured buttons. Just surf the colours. Just surf the colours. You used to surf the colours on sport. Yeah. Yeah. Question number five. 1999 was the last time in the Premier League a club fielded an entire starting 11 of English players. Can you tell me which club did it? Wow, that's mad, isn't it, really? I think some of the absolute dross coming up from the Championship would do it. Could I just say, with the history of West Ham in the last 25 years, Skull getting on his high horse about the dross coming up from the Championship is a little, <laughs> is a little rich. <laughs> Okay, question number six. Who was the first ever Premier League Player of the Month? And I'll give you a clue. The award was first introduced in the 94-95 season. Oh, there's only one man I'm offering it to. Richie Humphreys. Oh, I was writing it down. Oh! (laughs) Were you actually writing it down? Yeah, because I thought... I thought I've got no other knowledge except Richie Humphreys was very good at the start of seasons. <laughs> it would have been August. It would have been August, I presume. Yeah. I mean, that is his month. <laughs> it is his month. <laughs> Shall, next year, should we do a quickly Kevin Richie Humphreys calendar, but have no pictures on anything apart from August <laughs> and a collage of Richie Humphreys? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like ninety. I feel like ninety four is too early for Richie Humphreys. It's just to. Uh, well, I, you can get in my mind as much as you want. I've got no other options. Okay. Also, I'm playing with so many points in the bank, I might as well go for the flair yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Question number seven. He famously played for England schoolboys. But aside from Wales, which country was Ryan Giggs eligible to play for internationally? Oh. Oh, God. Is that a trick question? It's not England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you got answers? Yeah. So we'll go from the top, and it's an honour system. I will yeah. alternate between who gives the answer first. Question number one, which was, who is the only footballer to have played for the England under-21s, England C, B, and England? Josh, you go first. Kevin Campbell. Chris? I've gone for Latisse, because 
He's oh, the only one I know who'd definitely yeah. play for England B. The correct answer was Steve Guppy. What? <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are we going to get that? <laughs> the answer to England's left-sided problem. Uh, question number two. In the 89-90 season, six players scored hat-tricks, but only one of them did it twice. Chris? It's got to be Gary Lineker, isn't it? Gary Lineker? Josh, who did you go for? The other great striker of the time, Ian Rush. The correct answer was Gary Lineker. Yes, here we go. Get the ball out of the net, quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stood at the side doing that hand, that pushing hands down saying, don't panic, don't they panic. Cut, they're cutting to your fans looking at the clock. <laughs> okay, question number three. Who is the only World Cup Golden Boot winner to not make it past the group stages? Josh, who did you, who I did think you get for? Oleg Selenko. Yeah, I've got Oleg Selenko as well. Correct answer is Oleg Selenko. Uh, I, don't, I don't know anything about him apart from that. No, one. that's oh. all I know about him. Yeah. That one game. Continue five goals in one game, him. was it? And did he score yeah. in one other? Or was it just five goals that mattered? Okay, question number four. On BBC C-Facts, what was the three-digit number you typed in for the Premier League table? Chris, what did you have? 303? Oh, no. Come on, bro. What? Come on. Josh, what did you Three, two, 324. 324 is correct. Oh, my. You don't forget stuff like that. It's like you can remember your friend's phone numbers from when you were yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah. Question number five. Which club were the last one in the Premier League to field an all-English starting at 11? Nothing on this. Charlton? I've gone, I've gone Wimbledon. Oh, that's a good one. The correct answer was Aston Villa. Ooh. Uh, I don't know why I said all like I, like I, that had revealed anything to me. <laughs> Question number six: uh, Who was the first Premier League Player of the Month? Well, I've gone Richie Humphreys, obviously. <laughs> I've gone Andy Cole. We had a good year that year. Oh, he I did. Came That's out of the a really good answer. Both good answers, but the correct answer was Jurgen Klinsmann. Ah, oh, great answer. Good question. That I liked that. Okay, final question this round. Aside from Wales, which country was Ryan Giggs eligible to play for internationally? I've gone for Barbados. I think it's an African country and it's something like Ivory Coast. The correct answer is Sierra Leone. Okay, that's the end of that round. Time for round four, the first name squad game. You can fucking pick someone else to go up here and you can bring your fucking dinner. It's by the time I'm finished with you, you're fucking needed. In my hand are three fixtures from the 1997-98 season. Saturday, 4th of April 1998, to be precise. Title run in time. I'm going to give you the first names of the players who played for a team on that date. All you have to do is tell me who the team are. First person to buzz in and guess correctly wins the points. But if you guess incorrectly, you can no longer guess on that question and your opponent will be able to hear the rest of the team before guessing. Mm. Okay. Best of three. Here is your first list of names. Nigel. Ian. Stop. Stop. Chris. Aston Villa. Oh, he's had a nightmare. Incorrect. So Josh gets to hear the rest of them if he wants to. He's going to spink. I think I'm fine here, Michael. I think I'll take it. You're going to take it? It's just showboating for no reason, but yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think that's Nigel Martin and Ian Hart. You are correct. Leeds. Oh, I was guessing spink. Spink. I've never (laughs) heard someone say spink like it's a swear word. (laughs) Spink. 
Stub your toe. It's Nigel Spink. <laughs> 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 the rest of the team would have been Nigel, Ian, David, Gunnar, Robert, Martin, Gary, Lee, Bruno, Harry, and Jimmy. Here is your second list of names. And to make things a little spicier, Ooh. I'm going to read them in a random order. Oh, oh. that's nice. That's nice. Wow, yeah. interesting. Okay. Right. So it's goalkeeper's check of his lop. We can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nick. Don Thomas Craig Stop Chris Sunderland Incorrect Okay, so the names are Nick Don Thomas Craig Dave Richard Michael John, Gavin, Duncan, Mikael. Oh, my word. So I'm looking at that and I'm going, well, who is the goalie that meant Michael read them in a random order? But I can't see anyone. Uh, I know it now. I'm going to go with West Ham just because I I don't think it is, but Don made me think of Don Hutchinson. It was Don Hutchinson, but it was actually Everton. It was Everton, yeah. Next one. Here are your names. Again, they're not in the right order. Neil. Tony. Spencer. Josh. Steve. I think that's Lester. It is Lester. Oh, come on. Very well done. Spencer Pryor, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, still very. It's a very good. posh name, actually, when you think about Spencer it. Spencer Pryor, yeah. <laughs> in the early <laughs> nineties, managed by that. Gary Megson at Norwich, wasn't he? Spencer Pryor. I was at a game once in the early nineties at West Ham where Spencer Pryor was accidentally sent off by a ref. The ref, there was t- two bald Norwich defenders, and they, the ref sent off the nah. wrong one. Oh wow! Yeah, I was at that game. Wow! But wouldn't you raise your hand? Like I always thought about that. Like if you realise you were meant to be the one to get two yellow cards to get sent <laughs> off. Why do you let your mate take the rap? Was it two yellow cards or was it a red? I think it, Straight yeah, red. I think it was two yellow it was cards. two yellows. The other guy might not even be on two yellows. He's not even... <laughs> no, he's just gone. Oh, well, maybe it was a red, but it was definitely the 90s, yeah, the 1994-95 season. Spencer probably got wrongly sent off. Oh, wow. Okay, time for round five. This round is called Who Am I? In this round, I'll give you a series of clues about an iconic 90s figure. If at any point you think you know who that person is, you can buzz in and guess. If you guess correctly after the first clue, you will receive five points. If you guess correctly after the second clue, you will receive four points, and so on and so forth. However, if you buzz in and guess incorrectly at any stage, you will be eliminated. Fingers on buzzers, here is your first clue. I was born in Neath. Wales on the 23rd of September 1964 and between 1985 and 1997 Josh. oh no I was going to say Neville Southall but I'm wrong incorrect chance for you to make up some ground here Chris okay here we go here we go between 1985 and 1997 I went on to make 39 appearances for my country clue number two. Oh, I know it I joined Manchester United as yeah, an associated schoolboy at the age of 14 in 1982 and was given my debut by Ron Atkinson in 1984. Okay. Come on now. Mark Hughes? 
Scheiße. Incorrect. Oh, yes! Oh, oh come on! Clue number three, just to see if you get it for a bit of fun. I was a utility player who could play Clayton anywhere Blackmore. on defense. Yes, Clayton Blackmore. Oh, disaster. <laughs> I thought I thought Sparky Hughes was 100%. That yeah. would have got you right back in the game as well. Okay. Even more reasons to hate Clayton Blackmore. Yeah, Clayton Blackmore, who's... um. A utility player. Not quite good enough across all positions. Got a minus points for that. <laughs> Thank you. Scott Amazingly, Scott, you're now only one point behind. <laughs> uh, okay, it's time now for the final rounds of the quiz. 90s football mastermind. Oh. Each player will have 90 seconds to answer 10 questions on the chosen specialist subject. One point for each correct answer. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't think Skull can win either way, so we can't even produce it up. But uh, <laughs> first in the spotlight is Josh. I, I, I think also, people are more, I think we've got to be honest with ourselves, people are more interested in the trivia than the competition. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If we're honest with ourselves, I'm not saying this as in this should be edited out. I'm saying, guys, let's be honest with this. Let's be honest with you ahead of this. No one's tensely listening at home going, I hate Chris Skull. And I really hope Josh <laughs> Lincoln wins. I'm glad he's losing. <laughs> okay. First in the spotlight is Josh, who has chosen Palmer in the 90s as his mastermind subject. I've had an absolute shocker. Have you researched like, it? No, and I, I've read the Wikipedia briefly 10 minutes before the show. And it might help, but it's, it's definitely something you, I couldn't wing. So we'll see whether the things I remember come up. Okay. Oh, God, was it Antwerp or Bruges? <laughs> Your time starts now. What was the club's best Serie A league finish in the 90s? Second. Correct. Who was manager that season? Carlo Ancelotti. Correct. In 1995, Palmer signed Ballon d'Or winner Aristo Soichkov from which club? Barcelona. Correct. How much was the transfer fee? 4.5 million. 10 million pounds. No, that's a lot of money. Question number five. They're known as Palmer. What is the full name of the club? AC Palmer. Palmer Calcio 1913 oh. what is the name of Palmer's stadium oh come on that's such an easy question that's so bad that I don't know that um, no I'll pass it's the Stadio Ennio Tardini oh it is I'd never have got it who did they beat 3-0 in the final of the 1998-99 UEFA Cup that was um, Marseille correct from which Italian team did they sign club legend Gianfranco Zola in 1993? Cagliari? Napoli. Who did Palmer lose the 94 Cup Winners' Cup final to? Arsenal. Correct. And finally, who did they beat in the final of the same competition the previous year? Antwerp? Correct. Yes! <laughs> Do you know what? That's probably the best I've done in Mastermind. He's got six out of ten. Okay. Chris, your turn in the hot seat. You've chosen for your mastermind subject the 
Life and Career of Neil Warnock. Oh, he has great. one of the longest Wikipedia pages of anyone <laughs> in nineties football. <laughs> I was devastated As in to find you that. self-written it. Or uh, there's a few comedians that have got very long Wikipedia pages that I find rather suspicious. <laughs> but, <laughs> but actually, he's just lived a very rich life. I think because yeah. it's every there's no there's no superfluous information in there. No, <laughs> it's, it's a good. I, I recommend it. Sit down, have a read. Treat yourself. Did you come out more or less impressed with his career? This is a tricky one because usually on these, I can sit down and I can work out what Michael will ask me. But this yeah, one, this there's is... so much there. If he asked me who did he beat in the 94 playoff final, I've got no no chance. Neil Warnock's actually got a longer career than the club Palmer. So I, <laughs> I put it down as the 90s. So just to uh, add a little bit of jeopardy at the end here, yeah, Josh, right. your score... Is currently 22 points. Okay. Oh, my God. Chris, your score is zero. What? I've got, I've got no, one, he's got right? Two. He's got two. He's got, he's two, got two, right? two. he's got two. But in the first round, you were deducted minus one point for each starter question you got wrong, and you got two of those <laughs> wrong. So you are on zero. Oh, that is incredible. On. 22 now. Oh, right. Man. This, is abs- this is a disgrace. Okay. Nigel Spink, I really cost me. People really there's a lot of people questioning the change in format of me versus Skull and whether it's whether it's helped the game or the thing is I got desperate when you you got the first couple right and then I was going in early, getting minus points of wrong answers. You shouldn't be pumping out to the big man after fifteen minutes, even if you're two in a day, you should be playing an actual game. Very rare you see the manager on the touchline. Bringing on Andy Carroll after eight minutes. Yeah, he's instructing the goalkeeper to go out for corners eight minutes in. <laughs> I'm just on the touchline going, we've done everything I've told them not to do. <laughs> Chris. Yeah, like, can I just say, before you start this final round, this is a test. <laughs> this is a real test now. This is a real test. Your time starts now. In what year was Neil Warnock born? Uh, 1948. Correct. Who were the first team he managed? Oh, Gainsborough. Correct. And as of today, who are the last team he managed? Oh, oh, Rotherham. Middlesbrough. What team does he support? Sheffield United, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Uh, with which team did he win the championship title in the 2010-11 season? QPR? Correct. Oh. Against which team did he get sent off as Plymouth manager in the playoff semi-final second leg? I was there. Oh, don't know. Don't know. Colchester. Colchester. Oh. Okay. He jumped straight into the crowd. <laughs> With which team did he get relegated at the end of the 91-92 season, denying them and him a place in the first ever Premier League? Yeah, Notts County, which kind of blew my mind a bit. Correct. Uh, What position did he play during his playing career? uh, Winger? Correct. he did. Can I just stop the clock and start again? He doesn't strike you as one of life's no. wingers, does he? That was the he thing that blew my mind. Defender. Out of everything that I read on him today, I was like, what? A winger? <laughs> a tricky winger, Neil do, do you know, That blew my mind. And the other thing that uh, I thought you might ask me is his height is five foot nine. So, like, 
And that, when you combine that with him being a winger, you're like, is he a tricky Alan Wright-esque winger? Do you not think that Neil Warnock is yeah. much taller than that in your mind? Yeah, I would think he would be more. I would think he'd be more physically like intimidating. Six two, isn't he? Like he feels like a big, character, yeah. big imposing character. Okay, restarting the clock. In a career spanning five decades, how many clubs has he managed? Oh, flip it! I knew you were going to ask for this. Is it eighteen? Sixteen. Oh, come on! I knew you. That's one of the things I predicted you would ask me. Nightmare. And finally, he holds us a record for the most promotions in English football as a manager. What number is that record? Uh, is it eight? It is eight. Yes. You scored a very respectable eight out very of ten good. there. Very, very strong. I'm annoyed about that because there's 18 clubs. Oh, 16 clubs. Nightmare. I think, Skull, that is a, a, a very much needed ending turnaround. That eight points. <laughs> it's been a great quiz. I've thoroughly enjoyed every minute it's of it. It's been a great quiz. But I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I was very much on the beach from round two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a respectable scoreline in the end. Well, semi-respectable. I'd say that was a football equivalent of a 3-1. You were 3-0 up at half-time. I wouldn't say that was the football equivalent of a 3-1. I <laughs> think you used the correct analogy with uh, Brazil versus Germany in 2014. You've even got that wrong, Scott. You've had an absolute shock. <laughs> Can people stop asking me <laughs> for any them. wisdom or facts? <laughs> <laughs> right. What are the final scores, Michael? I'm on ten to hooks. Josh, you have twenty-two, and Chris, you have eight. When you actually look back at how the game went, for you <laughs> yeah. to have more than a third of my score is quite incredible. Yeah, it's quite. My Neil Warnock knowledge really pulled it back for me at the end. Yeah, it feels a shame that you've wasted Neil Warnock, your greatest ever <laughs> special subject. <laughs> On, on saving your blushes rather than used it in one of the weak years when it really mattered. Well, that's it for the quiz. That's it for Series 10. A massive thank you to all our guests. What a lineup it's been. Oh, it's been a great series. I've loved every minute of Brian it. Brian Robson, Tony Adams, Joe Wilkinson, Jarlath Regan, Matt Ford, Susie McCabe, and Paul Hawksby. And of course, you for listening. We'll see you soon for Series 11, which is set to be our best series ever. But if you're missing Quickly Kevin, there's so much more Quickly Kevin to be had over at the QK Fan Club. There's two specials every month, including a read-through of Steve Bruce's second murder mystery and the complete first murder mystery is all there for you to enjoy. Go to patreon.com forward slash Quickly Kevin. To end, do I get to choose the song? You do indeed. Do you know what I'd like to end with? Michael, you can choose it yourself. Go on to YouTube and uh, choose any of that background music they used to use for CFAX overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about hearing that. Yeah, something to look forward to. That's it for Series 10. We'll see you soon for Series 11. Until then, Robbie Slater. See you later. This is BBC Two, and it's the end of an era as we mark a piece of television history. As Northern Ireland goes digital soon, CFAX ends transmission after 38 years. And since 1980, we've shown CFAX in vision pages with music on the BBC until now. So before the final fade to black, enjoy for the very last time news and information with pages from CFAX and some music. Time to hit the road. 